This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 66. This episode is brought to you by my free online workshop called 10 Truths to Crush Homeschool Burnout. This is a great encouragement for those of you who have been homeschooling a really long time and just need to be reminded of some first principles. But it's also great for those of you who haven't started homeschooling yet to make sure you're starting out with the right mindset. So you can get access to this free workshop at 41more.com forward slash burnout. Welcome to episode number 66. You can find the show notes for today's episode at 41more.com forward slash 66. In this episode, we're chatting with homeschool mom and author, Rachel Smith. She has been homeschooling with a chronic illness for many years, and she gives great encouragement advice to homeschooling moms in the same situation. And I also thought it's a great thing for those of us not homeschooling with a chronic illness to know how we can encourage others in our sphere of influence and in our day-to-day life, other homeschool moms who do have this struggle. Because if we don't deal with it ourselves, we're not really sure what to say, what to do to help. So even if you don't have a chronic illness, I really think this is a great episode to give you a bit of um, your eyes to be opened a bit. I know mine were to just what the situation is for our friends and how we can help them. So I'm so glad that I was able to talk with Rachel and she's got some great resources and whatever we talk about, we will link to in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 66. So relax, enjoy. Here's my conversation with Rachel Smith. Rachel, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, so tell us about your family and where you live and how long you've been homeschooling. So I have a wonderful husband and three kids. Uh, Kaylee is 12, Caleb is 10, and Olivia is nine. And we've been homeschooling for about six years now. Um, So it has been quite the adventure. It's been fun. And, and do you mind telling us where you live? Cause I think it's kind of cool. You almost, it's almost like you're living, um, a dream for some people kind of out and about where we don't normally think of living. Where do you guys live? We live in Alaska. And that is so cool. We live on a mountain in Alaska. That's awesome. So we're chatting today because of the topic of homeschooling with a chronic illness. And I know that's what, what your story has been. So um, this is a great topic because I, maybe it's not talked about a lot in the homeschool world. And I hope that today's episode will encourage people. But as a mom who's living with a chronic illness and homeschooling the kids, can you kind of let us in your world a little bit and tell us about some of the challenges that you face? Sure. Um, 
So it is very difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's really, really challenging, but it's very doable and it's really rewarding. Um, it, I never know how I'm going to feel from day to day or even hour to hour. So it demands flexibility. You have to be flexible. Um, for me, I have to have a plan. Um, and I also have to be willing to throw that plan out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also just have to be able to say no. Um, and that's one of the hard parts is, is if a child says, Hey, can we go to the park? Um, you know, I've got to say no a lot of times, um, one, because I can't drive and two, it takes up a lot of energy and I have to be super careful about how much energy I use so that I can focus on the things that are vital. Mm -hmm. Um, so it make you know, there's a lot of choices that have to be made every single day. And my kids are really, really good about that because they understand that. Um, and it's, that's all they've known. I've been sick for about 20 years now. And so they've never known me not sick. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's just normal. It's how life is. Mm -hmm. So, so moms in your situation, it sounds like they might tend to feel guilty if they feel like they can't do everything. Like, do you have advice on how moms with chronic illness need to adjust their expectations? Yes, it is a completely different lifestyle. It has to be a completely different lifestyle. Um, we can't we can't live like you know Susan down the road where she can run around to all these activities and do all these really fun things. And instead of feeling guilty about that, think about what you can offer your children and and the home that you can create for your children and the the life skills that you can teach your children and just the atmosphere that you want to create, you have a unique opportunity to do that. And it's, it's fun to be busy and it's fun to do all that other stuff, but we can't do that. Maybe a little bit, um, but we can have just as fulfilling and just as wonderful a life. It's just different. Um, and so, yeah, the, the expectations when you're first starting out, they're usually really high and, and you want to keep them high, just different, set your sights on a different goal. Um, and that's going to be unique for every single family. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that energy. Cause I guess people that don't have chronic illnesses don't understand what you mean by that. What, what does that look like? And maybe even tell us about, I know you've, you've written books and we'll get to that. Like the whole spoon theory idea, like what does that, what does that trying to communicate? Okay. So the spoon theory is a tangible way for people to explain uh, chronic illness. So you look at a spoon and it's a unit of energy. Um, and so say um, I wake up and I, for, okay, so for you, not having a chronic illness, you get up and you just go about your day and you don't really think about it um, that much as far as every little activity that you do. For a person with chronic illness, just getting out of bed requires energy. Um, and we don't wake up energized. We wake up exhausted mm -hmm. every morning. 
Um, and then just brushing our teeth and doing our hair and taking a shower. Those require enormous amounts of energy um, that for someone with, you know, that was really healthy and didn't have a chronic illness, it's just part of your routine and part of your day. And you, you don't really think about it. It's just something you do. But for us, it's like, okay, do I have the energy to take a shower today? And a lot of times the answer is no, <laughs> sadly. Um, and then, you know, breakfast and, and doing school with the kids and lunch and anything else that pops up, it all takes energy. Um, so the spoon theory is, okay, I have 12 spoons today to get through my day. And once those spoons are gone, maybe you can borrow a few spoons from tomorrow, but then you'll have less energy for tomorrow. Hmm. Um, and so once your sounds, spoons are gone, you're gone. You're done. So it sounds like you have to be really intentional about what you're doing. You do. You have to think mm-hmm. like 10 steps ahead, mm-hmm. which is also exhausting. Yes. So that's really, that's really helpful to hear that explanation. So like if we have friends in this situation, how can we specifically encourage them? You know, even when we're not, we don't understand it firsthand, but how, how would you advise those of us listening who have friends who are struggling with this kind of um, issue? What, how can we help them? Um, Go to them. Don't expect them to come to you because getting out and about takes a lot more energy. And then also sometimes it can hit you out in the middle of an activity and then driving home isn't always the best idea. And remember that we may feel great and we have plans with you to do something. And then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, we get hit with a wave of nausea or pain or exhaustion or vertigo and we have to cancel, which is extremely frustrating for us. And we feel really guilty about that. And it just makes us feel real bad, but we just ask that you understand that we don't have any control over it. And yeah, it's really frustrating to you to know that we've had these plans and then all of a sudden 10 minutes before you cancel again. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that on purpose. We just, you know, we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So you have really le- uh, gotten into writing books to help moms who are in your situation. Can you tell us about the books you've written? Yes. Um, I wrote a book. It's an interactive journal, actually. It's called Homeschooling with Chronic Illness, a journal for mom. And it has um, a lot of tricks and tips and encouragement in there. Um, It's got lists for um, helping you plan your day. Um, It's got coloring pages, um, reminders of, have you taken your medication today? Mm. (laughs) Um, just, Just tips for how to live your life, how to homeschool with kids. And a big part of it, to be honest, is the kids. Um, I know a lot of moms really hesitate to involve kids with chores and um, just having them help out a lot more, but we it's just crucial for us. We really need that. Kids can do dishes and laundry and cook simple meals. Mm-hmm. And um, it really helps if you have things organized for them. So it's easy that they can just follow a checklist because kids tend to do a lot better with that. And I have um, suggestions like that in my book. Um, 
And, you know, it's really good for them. It teaches them life skills that they need to have later on. And it's, it, you work together as a family. So it's not like you're sitting there, you know, making them do everything and they're your slave. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. Everyone works together and helps. Um, And I, you know, I talk about how they're sharing their spoons with mom. Mm. Um, And it's just, honestly, I don't know how I would do it without my kids help and and my husband. And I, I don't talk about my husband a lot in my books because I am trying to be considerate of other people's family situations. I don't know what their home life is like. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me personally, my husband is a huge help and a huge encouragement, but just so you know, um, I don't, I don't go into that very much. Mm. And, you know, like even you were saying, having the kids help out, I think that's so great. Even no matter what the situation is, I think it's always a great, like great life skill to work together as a team and for those chores. And like you were talking about, like, I think that's a great habit, no matter the situation, but I can see how, especially if you're lacking the energy, you really do rely on the kids to, to help out the family unit. So I think that's really great. Um, it's encouraging for all of us to kind of see, are we working together as a team, right? And that, that teamwork is, is super crucial. Um, exactly. And just being honest with your kids is really helpful. Um, something that my kids like to do is they'll say, Mama, um, how many spoons do you have today? And then we'll talk about that. Or we'll do something. Like the other day we went to the lake and we played. And my little boy um, was like, so how many spoons did that use, Mom? Mm. And I told him and he's like, so would you like me to help you with supper? Mm. And, um, you know, if you are really honest and upfront with your kids about it, you'll find that they, you know, they can be really understanding and empathetic. Yes. Now, You've written children's books too, right? Can you tell us about those? Yes, I have several picture books that are written in large print and dyslexic font. Um, All three of my kids are dyslexic, and that's how I got into that. It was really hard to find books that were geared a little bit more towards them, and so I decided to write my own. Oh, that's exciting. Um, So how how many products total then do you have? Oh, um, I think I have 20, I believe I just finished three more books, um, last night, actually. Wow. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, it was, um, the formatting and and process. So they're not out yet. That'll take a little while, but, um, counting them, I think I have, I think I have 20, um, which is really crazy. I can't believe it. And we'll link to we'll link to all those in the show notes. And so, so you have uh, resources for homeschool moms with chronic illnesses, and then also for the dyslexic um, storybooks, right? Picture books. I do. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So that's great. And I, mm. I also have a cookbook out too. All right. So tell us about that. Um, so it's a sourdough Alaskan sourdough cookbook. And, um, it's just a little booklet. It's got 20 recipes, um, just about Alaskan sourdough and and some recipes. And then actually I have another cookbook that I just came out with and it's really fun because it's kind of like a hybrid cookbook journal where it's really great for teens where they can 
read the recipe and follow the recipe. And then they can do all these experiments and make it their own. And then I have right next to the recipe, this um, space where they can rate it and then talk about how they modify it. Um, So it's kind of fun. Yeah. And that has, yeah, that has less than sourdough in it too. Nice. So yeah, we'll link to those. That sounds really, really cool. So I know this probably, I mean, this probably isn't the easiest to talk about this, this topic, but I think by just kind of being open, I think you're going to encourage moms who are in the same situation because I'm sure it probably feels lonely, especially like you said, if you're looking at what your friends are doing and you're saying, well, they're doing all these activities and we're not able to I think this, just hearing your story, I think is going to encourage other moms. So I just would love to know, do you have any last minute advice or encouragement as we wrap up here for moms that are homeschooling with a chronic illness? Um, It can be incredibly lonely. Yes. So you do need to find a tribe, a family, um, even if it's just online um, of other homeschooling moms with chronic illness, because we get it. We understand. And we're looking for that connection. And we are out there. And uh, online is a really good way to do that. It's not It's not ideal, but it is really helpful. And it can be so encouraging. And then um, to see if you can find anyone in your area that is homeschooling with a chronic illness. Once you search for homeschooling groups, like if you go on Facebook and you search for homeschooling groups in your area... Um, a lot of times if you pay attention, you can find other moms with chronic illness that live near you. And I, I've done that, um, both when we lived in Wyoming and here in Alaska, and that's really helpful. And then you guys can connect, um, and you understand when the other person has to cancel last minute. Mm. Yeah, that's a great, that's great advice. Finding your tribe. It is really important because we all need the encouragement, no matter our situation, we need to know we're not alone in the homeschooling or just the just the challenges we face. So that's super helpful advice. Rachel, I'm really thankful that you were um, willing to come on and talk about this topic. So thanks for sharing your life with us and giving us these these great uh, tips and advice. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening in on this conversation I had with Rachel Smith. You can check out her books, her resources, her website. I have it all linked in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 66. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.